0: no catch i highly recommend you give it a try download the spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started thanks we love you
1: And now a, word from our sponsor. a piece that remains, custom cremation art and jewelry. For anyone who has lost a loved one or pet, it can be hard to know what to do with the ashes. Some choose to buy an urn to display and dress it up with sunglasses like Adam did with his dad's remains. Artist Dee Kettleson wants to offer you a different and meaningful way to preserve and honor your loved one. Dee creates unique custom art and jewelry and can incorporate the ashes into each piece. Her jewelry will allow you to hold your loved one close to your heart, literally, and keep them with you wherever you are. Prices for jewelry and artwork start at just $25. For more information, visit com. Pretty scary listeners get a 10% discount for mentioning the show, 25% discount for prank calling Chet Wild, and a 50% discount for teeping his house. Just Google Black Dahlia dump site. Namaste. Welcome to Pretty Scary, with your hosts Caitlin, Cut, Gary Martin, and Adam Todd. Carter. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary, boo! Caitlin, son of a bitch! Seriously, like I'm kind of over it. She's not
0: saying a word.
1: Like you say something or you get out of here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hope it's not like this on the live podcast we're doing in August.
1: Your silence is deafening, Caitlin.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's getting embarrassing for me
1: every week to
0: address Caitlin and she just doesn't. Yeah, And just the eye contact. Like your
1: manners, you know?
0: She's like an oscillating fan. It just goes from locking eyes with you, locking eyes to me. And just back and forth, and it's all unsettling. But we're going to power through.
1: Mm-hmm. Somehow.
0: Somehow. How have you been? We're recording in the new studio. It's so sparkly.
1: I know. I haven't. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, last time I saw you, you were about to embark on your Midwest tour.
0: Yes, which went very well. Did it?
1: Yes, with Chet Wild. I've got some strong opinions about Chet.
0: Yeah, we just saw Chet. Yeah. It was, it was awkward. It was like... Two dogs that don't know each other that well. I had to like, like, we're keep circling us distance and yeah, let you two
1: circle each other, get settled um, smell in. each yeah. other's butts. Well, of course, yeah. right as we yeah. do. Okay, so a little bit about Chet. <laughs> so tomorrow I am getting a mini facelift, to which his only question was, "Oh, how many have you had?" <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> Like that's such a fucking weird question. I get why you're single and I hate you. Facelift wise, this is number one. But he was like, Well, you just seem so calm about it. And I was like, What what am I supposed <laughs> to be doing when I'm talking <laughs> about surgery on my face?
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So then he said that he was having some girl over who I don't know how many times I was like, Are you sure like, are you dating her? Like she's really pretty, Chet. And yeah. then uh,
0: he was very evasive on the answers. <laughs> he it was, was like,
1: evasive. And then I, you know. So asked
0: Sarah Huckabee Sanders shit.
1: As a lady would. But are you get, getting it in, Chet? And then he like powered down.
0: Yeah, he said it's none of your business.
1: You know what? Fuck you, Chet. I'm, it I'm, is
0: my business. I'm wondering if the girl's even real now. Or if that was just like, like a a, stand-in? Stock, a stock photo.
1: Oh, definitely a stock photo at a concert. Pho- he
0: photoshopped himself in. Or he photoshopped her in. He was at the concert. I didn't see this picture, so I don't know what where Chet was in relation to this mystery woman that was in the photo with him.
1: I mean, the proximity was tight, but that really doesn't mean anything.
0: Did, it, did she have a Getty Images label on her clothing anywhere?
1: <laughs> right across her stomach. Is weird. Is that
0: weird? Yeah, that is weird. So we're doing a two-part episode. We think it'll be a two-part episode. I hope so. There's
1: a lot of content. I absolutely think it will be.
0: There is a lot to get through. We're talking about a documentary called It Was Him, Mm -hmm. The Many Murders of Ed Edwards. And this is a documentary that you can watch for free. Mm -hmm. It takes some maneuvering. It's on the Paramount Network, which nobody has.
1: Right. If you have cable, though, I didn't have to sign up or anything. I just had to say like who my cable provider was and... I was able to watch it because you said you had a 24-hour expiration. I didn't have that.
0: Yeah. I, my cable provider wasn't listed. Okay. But even if your cable provider is not listed, you can sign up for a 24-hour pass. And it's six episodes. They're so like 45 minutes each. It goes really fast. And it's a very interesting documentary. It's, You'll have opinions at the end as we have opinions. You will have a lot of opinions. They make some inflammatory claims. Just some very bold claims about this one serial killer named Edward Wayne Edwards, which that is a very serial killer sounding name.
1: Double names? Yeah, serial killer.
0: Yeah. Edward Edwards, you know that guy's murdered some people. And there's two main subjects in this documentary. The first is Wayne Wolf Jr., mm-hmm. who is Ed Edwards' grandson. And he is obsessed with the idea that, well, since my grandfather was a serial killer, does that mean I'm a serial killer?
1: Right. Is there a serial killer gene? Is it something that you're born with being evil or is it something that's learned? I'll be honest, though. If somebody that was I was directly related to was a serial killer, I think I'd have some thoughts. Yeah. Like, is that like alcoholism where it's like it's in your genes? You got to be careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a valid question. I feel like uh, he asked it so much, though. At one point, I was like, "Do you just want someone to say, 'Yeah, you'? It might be unavoidable."
1: Well, he even so said, then he could go,
0: "Oh, cool. I want to go murder someone
1: now." Well, he said he was like, "Right now, I don't want to murder anybody. <laughs> I hope that doesn't change." I feel like it changed by the end of this documentary <laughs> because with his partner,
0: he had to travel with John Cameron, yeah. who is such a fucking character. He's a former detective from montana yeah who saw he says he solved something like six cold cases some of them spanning as far back as 20 years and then at one point retired but kept investigating cold cases and took almost you could kind of call it a conspiracy theory sort of angle with it after he quit
1: well he was he was fired Oh, was he fired? Yeah, he was fired. He talks about that a lot, and he talks about how whatever Casey is working on, that everybody that he worked with, like literally, all turned on him and ended up hating him, and he lost his job over it. And he because I think they told him like stop investigating Ed Edwards and you know some of these murders, and he literally could not. It consumed yeah. him, and now he just does it, I guess, as a hobby. Like like some people like to put together puzzles,
0: right? And this, this guy is a
1: puzzle of sorts,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's that's one way to put it and he's got there's a real rain man vibe with john cameron really like he's got that monotone delivery when he talks he's very matter of fact like the way he we're jumping way ahead but at one point he but i don't have it in the notes anyway but at one point he springs it on wayne wolf that he thinks ed edwards killed john benet ramsey and he just blurts it out so casually he's
1: Oh, everything he says with conviction. He is this. He is this. He did do these crimes. And it's like, these are some big allegations. So you can't say, oh, my God, all these people hate me and do kind of a woe is me.
0: Which it definitely turns into. You're swinging
1: at the fences.
0: Yeah. And boy, does he swing for the fences. They so these two meet up. Basically, John Cameron has been investigating all of these murders that he thinks are tied to Ed Edwards. And in the process, he's
1: been reaching out to not only the family of Ed Edwards. He has not. He promised Ed Edwards' mom that he would not reach out to them. The grandson reached out to John Cameron.
0: But no, he didn't reach out to this guy's father. But Ed Edwards had kids all over the country. Right. And he did reach out to some of them. And most of these people don't want to talk to John Cameron. Because he also reached out to victims of other people that were killed by ed edwards that were legitimately killed by ed edwards and would just be like hey but what else, also what if he killed lacey peterson and they're like what no fucking get away
1: yeah you're tarnishing the de- almost making their family's death seem like a joke right by stealing sol- the name and so yeah he pissed off a lot of people and you will watch that at first i did feel very sorry for him because he just kept getting kicked and just kept apologizing yeah. Yeah, But it's almost like he even said, he was like, I got calloused to, to basically people being mean to me after a while. When the, And there's uh,
0: Wayne Wolf brings up tunnel vision, which this guy definitely yeah. like and and I think he is right in that when this guy, if someone corroborates one piece of evidence in his mind, then he's like, yep, this guy did it. And it's it's an interesting journey.
1: It is an interesting journey. And it's. It would
0: make a good comedy movie, like a scripted comedy film. Especially
1: at the end, because by episode four, five, and six, like they're starting to turn on each other. So when they have their interviews where they're apart from each other, they just talk shit about the other person. And it's actually really fun. It's a little like real world, like reality show, which I love. Because usually you don't see that in documentaries, but they're like, not only do I not agree with you, but you're annoying AF.
0: Right. And so we're going to talk about the first 3 episodes this week mm-hmm. and then the last 3 episodes on the uh second episode that's a confusing way to put it. You get what we mean. This is going to be a <laughs> two-part episode. And yeah, the the difference between the the two the the first 3 episodes and the second 3 episodes. I think the first 3 are really they do they focus on the cases that he has the most validity behind. Mm-hmm. Like there are a couple really big cases that he brings up that I do think Ed Edwards probably had a hand in. But then in the second part it starts really going downhill and it gets to almost be kind of hard to watch in uh, some points.
1: I'm almost 100% a skeptic, but it still was a very interesting documentary series.
0: Yeah. Um so just uh a little bit about Ed Edwards, he had a shitty childhood. His mom was killed when he was five, although John Cameron suspects that Ed Edwards actually killed his mom.
1: Didn't he, Ed Edwards say in his book that his mom wanted attention, so she shot herself in the stomach and yeah. then she bled out, I guess? Yeah.
0: That's insane. And John Cameron said, and at that point Ed Edwards is put into an orphanage for the rest of his life. He still has family, but they're just like, Ugh, no thanks.
1: And which, Which is interesting that... Like, what kind of family where everybody turns their back on you? And then his orphanage experience sounds like it was pretty horrific.
0: Yeah, it it was pretty brutal. He was abused physically, abused verbally, and he kind of blames that treatment in his early years on the crimes he would go on to commit later.
1: Yeah, there was a sister, Sister Agnes, and he talked about her being, you know, especially back in that time, nuns were so strict and they liked rulers and they liked sticks and they were very, you know, very cold and not godly. Like when you think what godly should be, it should be like kind and nurturing, but it rarely is, especially in early Catholicism. And he talks a lot about being taught lessons, disciplinary lessons where the nun um, who took over the role of his mother believed in embarrassing him in front of the other like boys. Right. Um, And he was, I guess, a smaller boy, especially for, for bedwetting. He says that she would use sticks and then she had two older boys hold him to a tree in the forest. And then everybody got to kick him in the ass, like literally. And he said he got kicked like 200 times and that sticks in his mind. That's a lot of kicks, I'm going to be honest. It is, but it seems like, I mean, I feel like I'd rather that than being, like, paddled. Yeah. Because kicks are kind of all over the place. I don't know.
0: Yeah, some of those kids aren't going to be good athletes. Those kicks aren't really going to connect. They're just going to, like...
1: And it's your tush, Yeah,
0: but some of them are going to miss and kick you in the balls, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) Which, that's... I don't
1: know why that made me laugh. That's not nice. Because it's funny.
0: It's a funny thing to think about. What
1: if... So, but what if his legs are together... Like, it sounded like he was facing the tree. That's how I took it, that he was facing the tree. Maybe they and they were holding his oh, arms yeah. that way. So, so, yeah.
0: I mean, I, my legs would well, yeah, be together. They would
1: have to be if they are kicking his butt.
0: You could kick a butt with the legs spread. <laughs> Get up there. Try it out. I'm going to kick you in the ass right now. <laughs> no,
1: let's try it with you to see how many times I hit your butt. No, it
0: was my idea first. <laughs> Winter. <laughs> so, this guy, Ed Edwards, has a really interesting life. And we'll touch on some of these details a lot more later but he goes to prison in the 60s and gets out and basically embarks on this career as a motivational speaker talking about how he's a reformed criminal and all the while he's just committing like just the murders we know he committed a lot of them happened while he was doing this speaking tour about being a reformed criminal.
1: So the first time he was in prison, that was in Montana. That was a Deerbrook prison? Deer Lodge. Deer Lodge, which sounds like a nice resort, right? It
0: sounds like a nice resort, but they show it, and it's a really horrifying place. And he said it
1: was, you know, whoever one of the historians was said it was like one of the worst prisons. And he was there for seven or eight years? Yeah. And his wife, which was Wayne Jr.'s mother, lived across the street?
0: And he would communicate with her via flashlight from inside the prison. She bought a house right across the street. And then at one point broke up with him, and he talks about in this insane book that he writes at one point in his life called Metamorphosis of a Criminal, currently available on Amazon for as little as $550. That's
1: so crazy. Yeah. It's not $5.50?
0: No, I think it's just out of print, and the only thing available is like vintage hardcover mm. versions. And he writes about all of these crimes, but I get the impression that he's writing about them- kind of like he's telling stories about other people. But John Cameron's theory is that this is him talking about crimes he's committed or crimes he wants to commit and just saying attributing them to other people. Basically...
1: Like writing in code.
0: Yeah, which becomes very important at one point with at least one of the cases. Because there are... There's several famous murders that he has pinned on Ed Edwards.
1: I'm going to – you know what? We need to call this a clubhouse like Andy Cohen has a clubhouse. Yeah. On um, Watch What Happens Live and then we'll have potlucks in here. But then also I'll find a way to get that book and then we'll put it in your clubhouse.
0: I think – yeah. I think we – I mean we have a bookshelf over there that only as of right now has a flashing 911 sign, two Star Wars candles and Robert the Doll – Robert the doll looks
1: like he has measles on his face.
0: He's a sickly child.
1: <laughs> yeah, I He's guess. He's not in measles, great shape. Mumps. Five, I mean, I've spent my money on worse, right? Yeah, of course. So, okay. Gotcha.
0: So, these are just a few of, these are the famous murders that come up in this documentary series that John Cameron thinks were committed by Ed Edwards. The Black Dahlia, the Zodiac killings, Jimmy Hoffa, the Atlanta child murders, John Benet Ramsey- Lacey Peterson, Teresa Hallbach. You know who they don't cover that John Cameron also thinks Ed Edwards killed? Adam Walsh, which is John Walsh's kid. Oh, wow. And uh, now I'm blanking on her name. Chandra Levy. The, uh, she was an intern mm-hmm. for...
1: Gary Condit.
0: Gary Condit. And for a long time, they thought Gary Condit did it. Yeah,
1: that's how the um, affair heard around the world... Got discovered.
0: Which affair heard around the world was that?
1: Gary Condit and Jandra Levy?
0: Oh, that I didn't oh. know that was the affair heard around the world.
1: I mean, it's one of them.
0: There have been so many bigger affairs. I thought you were talking Tiger Woods or something.
1: I guess Bill Clinton's was pretty big, too.
0: <laughs> I suppose, yeah.
1: Semen on a dress. Semen, semen on, on a, a dress. dress. You want some semen on your dress? Oh, wait. Okay. I'll you want someone
0: it. impeached.
1: Put semen on their dress. There. There you go.
0: Wait. He was impeached, <laughs>
1: right, but put semen on their dress, but the accuser's dress, semen put semen on on a accuser's dress dress
0: put semen on a dress on
1: a blue dress a- From the gap,
0: yeah, was it from the gap, yeah, how embarrassing
1: for her, yeah, I mean she was like in her twenties, I shopped there too,
0: yeah, still
1: uh in my twenties oh are uh, you that not, was about are you eight...
0: not are you not in your twenties anymore?
1: uh, that was eighteen facelifts ago, thank you, Chet <laughs> Wilde.
0: oh Chet, you're never That's gonna, gonna live talk that about down. my
1: age from now on, like rings on a tree. <laughs>
0: So each subsequent episode goes into all of these different murders and whether he committed them. So we're going to go through each of those and talk about which ones, which of his theories seem more or less plausible. Because I think there are a couple that sound very reasonable. And there are a few that just are fucking out of left field and could never have happened. But first, let's talk about the crime that set John Cameron on this path. When he was a cold case investigator in Montana, he reads this book. He reads Metamorphosis of a Criminal, and it talks about a Lover's Lane homicide that happened in Great Falls, Montana, which is John Cameron's hometown, Mm -hmm. and where Ed Edwards was living at the time. And this guy's like, there's no way this guy... Isn't somehow involved in this, so he decides to look into Edward Wayne Edwards. And I think he does make a pretty strong case that Ed Edwards probably committed that murder, but it's still they were the Kalitsky Bogle slayings, and it happened in Great Falls, Montana, Cameron's hometown. It was a Lover's Lane murder. And eventually, Edwards confesses to five other murders that are all really similar to this. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets John Cameron on this path, thinking, well, what else did this guy do? And boy, does it turn into a rabbit hole.
1: At one point, he turns into an owl yes. and then attacks Kathleen Peterson and pushes her down the staircase. Right. That wasn't mentioned either. Well, it
0: picked. I think the owl picked her up yeah. and then dropped her. Correct. Over the staircase.
1: Hence the talon marks.
0: We jest, but I do think an owl killed that woman. And I think a lot of people are coming around.
1: I am one of them.
0: Yeah, sorry I didn't have a Netflix documentary (laughs) to sway you. I guess I I need to have an agent for my information to be valid. I understand.
1: It sounds so preposterous and... I hate to say... What
0: if there's an owl listening to this right now who's like, I'll show you how preposterous it is.
1: Then as I walk out your front door, yeah. it attacks me? More like as you Burbank walk... Burbank is known for their owl attacks? As you walk out. Okay, what's
0: next? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh. So that's what gets him on this path. And one of the murders they mention in this first episode is Timothy Hack and Kelly Drew, mm-hmm. which is... This was a case that was broken by a news reporter in Wisconsin acting on a tip from what turned out to be Ed Edwards' own daughter. Mm-hmm. She called in this tip and was like, hey, I think my dad actually killed these two people in your town in this unsolved murder way back in 1980. And she gets DNA from Edwards' daughter, and it's a match. She gets mm-hmm. Edwards' DNA from his daughter
1: the daughter's name is april so other than the son which is wayne senior from the first marriage to jeanette the second wet marriage i can't think of her name may or something like that
0: yeah he married a few times but
1: but he was married to her for i think 25 or so years and he had five kids i believe with her so april was one of them and that's how i first heard about ed edwards is i had picked up a people magazine and it talks about like I turned in my dad. He was a serial killer and it talks about April right. and they interview her a lot in this. Um, they also did this Timothy hack and Kelly drew. This was repackaged, I think by a crime to remember on investigation discovery. Cause I'd heard about him a couple times before yeah. you had mentioned that you wanted to cover this documentary series.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it has been. It was a pretty crazy case. They were murdered in Wisconsin in I think 1980. The bodies were missing for 72 days and even after the bodies were discovered, this went unsolved I mean, for a long, long time.
1: Good kids. Small town, Wisconsin. Went to, I think, a wedding.
0: Going to a wedding reception.
1: And then just never heard from again. And I think, yeah. too, uh, Kelly was telling her brother, who then became a detective who hates John Cameron with yes. passion.
0: Burning passion.
1: Yeah, that um, she wasn't even sure she was going to go to that wedding that day and then ended up going and then yeah, never returned.
0: Yeah, and hearing Edward's daughter talk about that night is pretty crazy. She's like, yep, my dad came home covered in mud. He had a cut on his face. He said he was out hunting and that the gun kicked back and hit him in the face. And then he talked about these murders obsessively. And then we just got the fuck out of town. Mm -hmm. And he's got kids in different areas that are interviewed at different times throughout this. And one running theme with this guy is that... He moved all the time. Yeah. Like to the point that for some of these crimes, it's like, well, your do you know where's your dad in Denver in 2006? And they'll be like, I don't know. We just know he was on oxygen at the time.
1: It's almost like, you know, like an army brat. Like they move around right. so much. It's about a year. And she even talks but about
0: murder brats.
1: I actually, yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. I think he just coined a phrase. Finger me. Yep. Murder brat. Uh, look it up won't be there but we'll somehow find yeah. a way to insert we'll it we'll
0: get it put on urban dictionary don't you worry
1: i like it um but yeah she was like you know you just know as a child she was like you know he had a temper it was easier just to take your punishment right away she was like we we moved and it would be suddenly and would stay in a place for about yeah about a year
0: yeah about a year and move and then wayne wolf is talking to two more of his kids uh, I don't remember the guy's name. The girl's name was Janine. I
1: felt like he was just a junior and he looked just like his dad. too. Yeah, I think
0: it might have been his name might, or it might have been John. Yeah, also, something like that. It was Edward or John. Yeah, Ed, John, Ed John. something like Ed that. John Don. Edwards. But they talk about how their dad would just make these arrangements where he would move to a town and live in the house under the agreement that he would fix it up and do mm-hmm. like construction manwork, work. Yeah. And they would just kind of live for free. And then once the house was done, they would just move somewhere else. And Wayne Wolf is like, wow, my dad does the same thing. And his dad is not the serial killer.
1: Yeah. His
0: dad is the one who sent him off looking into his grandfather, his father, and but still does the same thing, lives the same way. And I think that early on kind of instills that, oh, shit, is there? Is this like a... Right. Killer Gene. Because they didn't, me.
1: didn't know each other. And I think Edward right. talks about that in the book. Like he used to watch his son as an infant playing with his ex wife, Jeanette. And he was like, you know, as soon as there's not people around, I want to kill her. Like, yeah. He'd wait out for a little while. There was some show, again, on Investigation Discovery, where the daughter of, I think, the smiley face killer, I know there's a couple of them, but he was like a big, tall trucker. And, you know, she talks also about how you know she's scared about how she's perceived and you know if she has you know these inherent evil genes and she interviews other children of serial killers and or victims of serial killers and she tries to put them in touch but a lot of the children of serial killers you know have said like it'd be the middle of the night and we would move to the next place you know again when you talk about murder brats that's one of the recurring themes is you know their, their dad didn't usually narcissistic, uh, couldn't hold down a job, and then they just moved a lot, just kind of like randomly in the middle of the night with whatever they could throw into a suitcase.
0: Yeah, and Ed, Don, or John, whatever the other kid's is. I think you're right. I think it is John. He, at one point, talks about this feeling that would come over him whenever his dad would start talking to someone. And he was like, I just knew whatever's going to come out of his mouth is him trying to scam this person in some way Or take something from them and it would just he would he said he would just feel kind of uneasy whenever his Mm -hmm. dad started talking to someone which what a weird set of circumstances to live under. Yeah. Just kind of knowing your dad is a bad dude who does bad things to people.
1: Well, also, it's like you never really get – I would assume you get super close to your siblings. Like you don't really have roots. You don't get to make friends. And then it's like you're embarrassed of your dad when he does come around. Right. And and one of them – my guess is the second marriage, which is longer. The wife was doing robberies with him or was that the first marriage? I I don't know if she was – actually
0: doing them with him or if he brought just brought her along because i think that's wayne wolf's grandmother who died right before they started filming right and one of the quotes from her that john cameron remembers when he talked to her was she said ed just liked to kill people which
1: we all have hobbies
0: yeah i mean everyone's got their thing right you know we do podcasts he kills people what's the difference I don't. I don't think there's much of a difference.
1: <laughs> you think it's just Persons. a lot of gray?
0: Yeah, it's all. It's all <laughs> just all a gray area. Okay. To each their own.
1: By the way, I keep staring at the mind Trump framed <laughs> oh. photo. Unpops
0: listeners and friends of mine, JC and Barb, who live in Dallas, they came to an unpop show at Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica, and brought me that print which an artist in dallas i don't remember his name i wish i had looked that up made these mine trump prints and it's trump in full nazi regalia giving the nazi salute but he only made 50 of them and then he stopped making them because he didn't want to give trump any attention even if it was negative attention
1: what do donald trump and edwards have in common
0: i know but i'm gonna wait for you to, to see
1: i asked you the question you can answer
0: their, their date of birth. Yeah. six fourteen thirty three. 33.
1: They are flag day babies.
0: Flag day babes is what they are. And that date of birth becomes really important mm-hmm. in the, the, Zodiac. S- the second episode, yeah. which is about the Zodiac killer. But before we get into talking about that, can we talk about Timothy Hack and Kelly Drew's tombstone, which for one thing, they were just boyfriend and girlfriend, but they were buried together. I guess that makes sense.
1: You know, if you're going to be murdered together, is there a clause that you should be buried Maybe they just
0: drove the car right into a, just buried the whole thing. (laughs)
1: Maybe. (laughs) Nobody wanted to be bothered with taking them out and embalming them and putting them in caskets. Well, that could be the case because
0: we know what it says on their tombstone. Kidnapped and slain.
1: And then there's like a stone bench yeah. right next to it Where in you case you want to sit there and sit do and what? think about
0: how that tombstone just says kidnapped and slain.
1: And I think John Cameron says, I've been to a bunch of yeah cemeteries and murder sites and I've never seen this written, <laughs> nor have I. It's, it's a
0: startling thing to see on a tombstone. It's aggressive. It's very aggressive. And to the point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's out there to, to put some thoughts in heads. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's the bench. Yes. And that's actually what John Cameron says. He says they they wouldn't have put the bench here if they didn't want you to sit and think about it. Right.
1: Like, you're not going to the Old Country Buffet after this to (laughs) sit and think about it. You're going to sit and think about it right here.
0: Yeah. Then you go to Carl's Jr. Mm -hmm. So the second episode, it's called Slaves in the Afterlife. By far the creepiest episode title. So kudos to that. But this is basically the episode about, hey, is that Edwards the Zodiac Killer? And here's the thing. I think he is. I actually think John Cameron does a good job of at least making a convincing case. Because here's the thing, the Zodiac killing is unsolved. It's not like he's going against any accepted version of events. He's just offering his own theory. And Ed Edwards is a serial killer who did live in that area at the time. The Deer Lodge prison connection is crazy, and that comes up a lot.
1: Right. It would obviously be more compelling if they would take the DNA and the fingerprint and send it to the San Francisco Police Department, which comes up later. We're
0: jumping ahead to the end there, but that that is the most frustrating part.
1: That's, I mean, that you couldn't refute. So I understand what John Cameron's saying as far as the Zodiac Killer. I still am not 100% convinced. Um, Tell me why you are. I guess we can get into the episode. Well, one of the
0: things that convinces me is that it's not just John Cameron that thinks this. Most of his kids believe he was the Zodiac killer also. And the the first kid that they interviewed, the daughter that turned him in, in the Wisconsin April. case, yeah. April, she was like, you know, no, I don't have conclusive proof, but I can tell you that everywhere we moved to, there was a Zodiac killing and... I think my dad committed those killings. And that, to me, is more convincing than anything John Cameron comes up with.
1: So he had, like, what, two big points? Well, he said that the Zodiac Killer liked the Lover Lane killings, just right. like Ed Edwards did. He also mentioned the cross from his Catholic orphanage
0: Yeah, that, that comes up later on.
1: As being his symbol. But one, of,
0: I think the most compelling thing is the Deer Lodge prison connection
1: and then he also talks about like the the leather work right of the mask which deer
0: lodge prison was known for right. they did a lot of leather work in deer lodge and if you look into the the zodiac case in general there's one victim who actually survived that's where uh that famous drawing of him wearing that executioner's hood comes from and that person actually talked to the Zodiac killer and the Zodiac killer he said something along the lines of Deer Lodge prison is the answer mm-hmm. like that's that's where this all starts like he explicitly mentioned Deer Lodge prison which is where Ed Edwards was for the 8 years prior to the Zodiac killings starting and when he was paroled he first went to Portland which they touch on a murder that happened there near the end of the series that he probably also did and it was right before the Zodiac killings. But then he makes his way to California. And they get into a lot of like the ciphers and things that he right. sent. And I think they do an, a pretty good job. But I, the Deer Lodge prison thing is, I think, the most compelling link. And they also, there was this Halloween card that the Zodiac killer sent a reporter named Paul Avery, who I think is... Who Jake Gyllenhaal is playing in the Zodiac movie? Okay, I believe. And when they sent this, he said it has an identity as or, or clue as to the identity of the killer. And what John Cameron points out is that on that card is a six, a fourteen, and a thirty-three.
1: It's the hand. So it's the skeleton's hand, and he's doing like an okay sign. Right. So with the three fingers up and then the pointer finger, the fingering finger.
0: Fingering finger, right. And the
1: thumb together. So that makes like a six. And then the two, three. So he's got the ring finger and the pinky finger next to each other, and then the bent three. So it'd be like two threes.
0: Right. And then the 14 is just drawn on the hand. Right. Like there's a number 14. And that's Ed Edwards' birth date.
1: Right. And, is it a stretch? I don't know. There's also, he had a lot of words on, like, to the side. And he was like, see, his name's on there, Ed. And it was taking Ed out of the word doomed. Yeah. Again, is that a stretch? Yeah, that. I thought it was a little bit.
0: Yeah, that part was definitely a, a stretch. But there's also the composite
1: sketch. It's not like he had, like, Tobias or something, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Zachariah or some, like, Ed, I think, is in a lot of words that end with an ed
0: but there's also the composite sketch which does look a lot like ed edwards but
1: was he ever known to wear glasses
0: yeah there's there was the the one picture they kept showing of him with the wife that moved in across the prison where he's laying on the ground with a puppy he's wearing glasses
1: but there's so many pictures where he doesn't
0: yeah but he he, presumably you would wear them if nothing else to kind of disguise your identity (laughs) when you're
1: I mean, yeah, that's com- – com- yeah, that's true. I would just think they would be like those fake glasses you get at CVS where you don't really like need a prescription. They're more for um, aesthetics. Do you think that's what he was going for? I don't know <laughs> if that –
0: yeah, who knows? But there, yeah, there were definitely pictures of him with glasses and – Because they he- show there
1: was like a top five and I don't remember if Edda Edwards was in there before the Zodiac Killings and I, whoever the last guy was had the glasses I thought looked exactly like the composite sketch. More than Ed Edwards. But that was
0: the guy they also said was probably too old to have done it.
1: Too old subjective. Yeah. But Ed Edwards
0: doesn't not look like the composite sketch. Like, there are definitely similarities. He's got the same body type. Mm -hmm. He was, everyone described him as short and stocky. And there's also the identity cipher. Which was one of the letters the Zodiac killer sent, where he says, "If you can break this, you'll you'll know the name of the killer." Right. And Edward Edwards fits into that cipher. It would be thirteen letters. And the the Deer Lodge thing is pretty crazy to me. They they do produce at one point a leather photo album thing that Ed Edwards made in prison, and it's very intricate leather work
1: for the Wayne Senior. Yeah.
0: Right. So they talk about some of the different killings in this episode, and I actually, I feel like he should have just made this a documentary about the Zodiac killings, because when we get to the, as we've already talked about, when by the time we get to the end, we know San Francisco has the Zodiac killer's fingerprints and DNA, mm-hmm. and we know... Detective John Canterbury, who they talked to in this first episode about a different set of killings that Ed Edwards carried out in Norton, Ohio. And this guy has Ed Edwards fingerprints and DNA. And if they could just compare the two, this would all be behind us.
1: John Canterbury, another person who refuses to talk to John Cameron. Right. Like nobody will talk to this guy.
0: But I'm I'm curious if... That's him refusing to send it or if it's the San Francisco PD going, we don't really want to see it.
1: But it's like, what would be the point? I mean, think about how much a claim that with the Golden State killer that Paul Holes and everybody you know who fought to bring light to that case and to bring that D'Angelo guy to justice guy. And it's been what, dormant for 30, 40 years.
0: But it wouldn't be them solving it. It would be John Cameron solving it
1: till San Francisco. I feel like you're better than that. I I would hope. but You I, would hope so too. I, I also get
0: why they would maybe, especially if this guy is the Zodiac Killer, I also get why they would just kind of be like, yeah, he's dead now, so that's over. So
1: who cares? We can't bring him to justice?
0: Well, we can't bring him to justice and also the fact that he was out there this long and we weren't able to bring him to justice is not going to reflect kindly on... The San Francisco PD.
1: But is it odd that John Canterbury appears in this documentary and it's one of the later episodes, but is evading calls from Wayne? Like he's not answering. He doesn't return his calls again. This could just be editing. Who knows what the situation is? But it sounds like at some point he stopped communications. What would be the point if it's not on your side?
0: Yeah, that's that's true.
1: He just wants to keep his job and just. Maybe he's the he- one
0: that doesn't want John Cameron to get credit for solving this. Maybe
1: he's a Zodiac killer.
0: That is probably what it is.
1: Solved. What if I accidentally solved a case? That like would a be, cold
0: case. That would be pretty amazing. I feel like yeah. it could happen.
1: I feel like it would. It, it would be something that would be really big. That it'd be like, oh my god, yeah, I cracked something that's huge, and then yeah. and then what? Just bitches and hoes, and yeah, you're probably yachts? buying. I think you're buying a boat. Is that how it works? That. Yeah,
0: you're you're on the high seas. You got you, you have a jacuzzi somewhere, hot tub,
1: of course, living room, like I'm in assuming. every room. Because I deserve that. I just solved a major case that nobody yeah. else could crack.
0: Yeah. They're trying to keep John Cameron from getting his hot tubs in every room. I think
1: I don't know that he deserves it though. He is relatively unlikable. Well, they do make a case for him sort of
0: being a victim of ed edwards also Mm -hmm. because i think there there had to be because he makes contact with ed edwards before ed edwards dies which was i think 2011 this guy suddenly died in prison which is kind of a bummer in that it seemed like he was on the road to starting to confess because he confessed to the wisconsin murders and then once he confessed to those he was like well let me tell you about what happened in ohio and it seemed like he was if he committed any of these other murders it seems like he was maybe on the road to telling us and then he dies mm-hmm. really suddenly and that comes up i think one of the cops brings it up is that it it's kind of unfortunate that he didn't like die of cancer or something where he would know it was coming i think it was
1: his son who said that that they thought that he would have confessed to more cuz he wants the attention right but it wasn't something slow like cancer. Like literally, I think he got convicted and it was like a month later. He was dead. It happened in 2011. Like by April 2011,
0: he yeah. died.
1: And they said, he I mean, he, had, he he looked grotesque.
0: He was on his way for
1: sure. I mean, it was diabetes and a few other things. Yeah. But you would think too, if you're in poor health, he just seems like somebody who liked to get like a few more rounds in. You know, it's like, even if you're not arrested, like his health was so bad. Right. I find that troubling that he would have sat on something so big for so long.
0: Well, he sat on the two murders he confessed to since the 80s. And, you know. But the Zodiac
1: ones are so. The
0: way they explain recognition, because they bring that up a lot that he he does these things for recognition. Mm -hmm. But it's a different kind of recognition where it's just. I want the public to recognize...
1: That these were a big deal? ...what's
0: been done here. Like, I don't want it to just be a murder that makes, like, the back page of the newspaper and no one cares. And John Cameron thinks he did commit a lot of murders like that, that were also just probably missing persons or, you know, crimes that weren't reported as heavily because of racial demographics of the victim, things like that. But it's more high-profile crimes. He wants... Crimes that get a lot of attention and get a lot of media attention. And I think I I feel like there this is one of those things where there's some truth to it. And then there's obviously we'll get to some other cases where
1: it it just seems so
0: improbable.
1: My my last hang up with Ed Edwards being the Zodiac killer is I feel like they talk about him being smart. With an IQ of 132. But in any interview he gives, he kind of sounds like a country bumpkin. Like, I don't really get the intelligence. I really don't get the craftiness. You Wait, know.
0: are you saying they say the Zodiac Killer is smart or Ed Edwards?
1: Ed Edwards. Yeah.
0: But they also said he intentionally presents himself as kind of like this country bumpkin but who doesn't know anything.
1: Even his book, though, like The Confessions, is all of which is very basic. Like, a lot of times when people are like smart like they use big words they don't do but, misspellings so you use a lot of double s's or somebody but did.
0: here's the thing he's only got a sixth grade education so he's smart he's just not necessarily book smart like he's not uh, there are a lot of studies that make it pretty clear that spelling isn't necessarily tied to intelligence
1: uh, you're talking I mean, <laughs> to I, spelling bee I vehemently champs,
0: disagree.
1: As do I. Yeah,
0: I think once you hit the, the city level,
1: disagreed. Disagree.
0: Oh, d. Oh, I thought deed. We were doing disagreed. No. But yeah, once you hit the city level of a spelling when you bee, say the
1: word first.
0: I think that's pretty, pretty high level intelligence. But there are. That all was,
1: yeah, on local TV, nobody's going to take that away from me.
0: Yeah exactly nor nor you no i'm not neither of us Mm -hmm. we've earned that that's ours forever we need
1: to find those tapes so you could put them on your i've got mine
0: i oh i don't (laughs) i don't know where mine would be
1: listen we all had an ugly year it was on vhs pretty bad i I think mine's on dvd
0: i had a pretty bitchin bowl haircut when i was on the spelling bee
1: i hadn't seen an orthodontist yet so you can imagine the shape (laughs) my teeth were in So yeah, the
0: first episode is mostly about... Or the second episode is mostly about the Zodiac killer. And I think they do make... I think he does make a pretty compelling case. I mean, we're obviously not covering everything because we want you to go watch it yourself. But I think geographically where this guy was, I I think they, they do make a strong case. I think the prison thing is really compelling. But then they get into episode three, which was some conflict for me because they get into two questions. Was Ed Edwards the Atlanta child murderer and did Ed Edwards kill John Benet Ramsey? Yeah. And one of those things I'm still kind of buying, which is the Atlanta child murders, because this is enough. If you look into Wayne Williams, it's not a strong case against him. Like I know history has closed that case and we've decided Wayne Williams did it. But there are – I think we history has also taught us that there are a lot of people in prison over false confessions.
1: So, Did you listen to Atlanta Monster at all, that podcast? No. Okay. So it covers this in, in The Killer. And I'll be honest. I listened to like one episode. I had trouble getting into it. Uh, Jen Sturger actually really liked it and recommended it. But I think in this documentary, they talk about how they think it was a mixture of – what was his name? Wayne? Wayne Wayne Williams. Williams. And also Ed Edwards. Kind of similar. Wayne Williams. Oh, yeah. It would be better if it was Wayne Wayans.
0: Yeah, or William Williams. he was actually a Wayans brother. William Williams.
1: Wayne Wayans. (laughs) 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 Let's agree to disagree. That's fine. Sure, sure. And there was some letter that says something like, I used to like to kill... Well, I used well, they, to like to they got something. a
0: Zodiac letter in the Atlanta Child Murders. But now
1: I like to kill children. What did right. he say? He used to like to kill lovers? or He
0: said, I used to like to stalk and kill women, but okay. now I like to kill children. And one of the most compelling things about not just that they get a Zodiac letter and that I'm convinced this guy is the Zodiac killer. But also there's that story that his kids tell where they're like. We, our brother was getting bullied on the way home from school by this black kid, and one day he just disappeared. And Ed Edwards was in Georgia at the time the Atlanta child murders were happening. They get a zodiac letter in the Atlanta child murders, and the guy's like, Yeah, I was killing women, and now I'm killing kids. And that to me would be another really good reason for the police of the world to not ever want to solve the Zodiac case because if it does come to light that that all went unsolved and then he went to Atlanta and killed 24 kids and sent a letter and it still went unsolved and all, the, all this time it turned out to be this kind of public figure okay, yeah. who was writing books about how maybe he had been committing these murders and they just let all that slip they're, I feel like they're not going to want to admit because that because it
1: sounds so preposterous. Typically, a serial killer doesn't change the modus of you know operation. It's they like a certain kind. They they kill a certain way. They rarely switch it up. And to do like, but rarely
0: does imply that they do sometimes.
1: Well, I say rarely because I just don't know of any cases where they have, especially such big murders. You know, like what if Ted Bundy, like you know, raped and killed all of these. Sorority house women, and then committed the Oklahoma City bombings. Like something, it was only such a like a juxtaposition like that. What about the weird?
0: What about the Golden State Killer? Like he had three very different periods of activity where he did. You know, it was an escalation, but he still, for, you know, at first was just committing rapes and just committing rapes in one way, and then he started doing them a different way when they had that fucking town hall meeting and a guy was like he'll never rape someone with a husband home and then he was like i'm only gonna rape women while their but husbands that's their just home.
1: a progression like i feel like to go from lovers lanes to an entirely different race and children is like so different i i just don't know of any cases and please let me know if you do and you know you or to adam or anybody out there where it's just such a swing in what their target is
0: Right. But if this is a guy who just liked killing and he did kill that kid on behalf of his own kid, that's a thing that could inspire someone to just go, oh, well, that was way more fun. Well, like, I want to start doing that now.
1: They did talk about how a lot of the women that he killed look like his first and his second wives looked a lot of like with the dark hair. Right. And the same with Ted Bundy. He would go after women with like the long, dark, straight hair. And so that's what I'm saying. Typically, there's a type. So he did have a type, at least in the beginning, if he went for like a certain type, a certain look of woman, you know, with the short black hair, which yeah. is, I guess, what, his, what he was into.
0: But I also don't think it's impossible that someone could change and just start killing in a different way. I think it...
1: Like kind of have... Kind of like how I say, like, now in my 40s, I'm not the same as I was in my 20s.
0: Well, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's crazy what, progression.
0: That's what he was saying in that letter. And I think that story of him probably murdering that kid to protect his son would be a reasonable link between those two. Like, if there's nothing that would make switching from the Zodiac murders to the Atlanta child murders make sense, that's the thing that would make it makes sense is he you know went kind of off his normal game plan to commit this whatever it was in his mind this fucking revenge killing this honor killing protection killing whatever and then he's like oh well that was neat like why don't we get the fuck out of here and i'll go switch it up for a couple years and kill black kids
1: sometimes when i go on Pornhub, i'm like what do i feel like today so maybe it's similar
0: there exactly right and they, there was a theory that this might have been someone posing as a cop. And there's a couple there's a guy who differ who kind of rejects that idea on the basis that no white person would have been trusted enough in these neighborhoods at that time. But I don't know how you can know that. Like, if you're a kid walking home in one of the neighborhoods where the Atlanta Child murders were happening, and a dude dressed as a cop pulls up next to you and is like, hey, there was another murder in the area. This guy might be somewhere around here. Get in. We just we need to take you home. I think it's kind of a broad generalization to assume no kid would get in that van. I get that he said it very confidently, but is that based on any more evidence than anything John Cameron is saying? That's just him presupposing how people living under these conditions would react.
1: I mean, a lot of this is speculation, and I don't know that John Cameron is coming forth with a lot of facts. Just real quick, to go back to episode two, there was something about the cab driver that was dead. And they did say, yeah, Paul Stein. And so they talk about how, I believe he was shot to death, And I think the kids say that they think it was their dad because their aunt lived nearby and they're like, it could have happened. So in the mindset that if he likes killing, this guy pissed him off and that's why he shot him. He was just not maybe not his type, but that's just how he dealt with like his anger and rage. That would make sense. Now going back to episode three, I'm still not convinced about the Atlanta child murders. I definitely don't think the John Benet Ramsey thing, or as he calls it, Joan oh, Benet Ramsey, which
0: Joan Benet makes
1: me want to go out and kill somebody every it time he says. Made it. Made
0: me want to kill him and Wayne Wolf both because they both say it. I don't like it, Joan Benet.
1: Even when John Benet's parents would talk about her, it always be like John Benet. So like, that yeah, <laughs> where
0: did it come? From? Where did he get Joan Benet in his fucking head? It's never a strong O. Yeah, he just while they're the the one other thing, the one other point about Ed Edwards and the Atlanta child murders is they did discover a Marietta, Georgia police uniform.
1: That is correct.
0: In a house that he tried to burn down for insurance Mm -hmm. money. And he went to jail for that arson. But
1: so they think that's how they lured the kids because that's the one person that they could talk to as a policeman if they didn't know him, if he was a stranger.
0: Right. And if he's wearing a police uniform, then that's, you know, going to at least give him somewhat of an in.
1: And if it wasn't the child murders, it's like you know he was doing something. Yeah, with he that didn't have that
0: police uniform for, for good Halloween, reasons. right? There's probably a lot of dead prostitutes around Atlanta around that time yeah. too. But then they get into they're leaving Marietta, Georgia, and I, when I say that, I mean John Cameron and Wayne Wolf. And John Cameron, this is where I say he's. Like got Rain Man qualities, he just spits out that, oh yeah, Patty Ramsey grew up in Marietta, Georgia. She and John Benet Ramsey are actually buried here, and then he just casually goes, Ed Edwards killed John Benet <laughs> Ramsey, and Wayne Wolf is like, what? <laughs> and he just springs this on everyone in the middle of the documentary, in the middle of a
1: car ride, and he it's says like- stuff with so much confidence. <laughs> like if I had that much confidence, I probably would like be married to like somebody who's like desirable as opposed to like the ne'er do wells that I date. <laughs> it's just with such and he doesn't care like that it a lot of people are gonna be like, Well, that's crazy, that's ludicrous. Like, no, this is really what he believes and that's why there's times when i i would watch him to be like you know he's going out and he's you know having dinner and he's drinking a beer and hey what's up man like like a normal person like i'm waiting for him not to be normal just because you know some of these claims are so outlandish and the way he's tying them together just seems so loose and preposterous yeah like he's not doing himself any favors
0: yeah. And he does bring up the fact that in the John Benet Ramsey ransom letter, the word business was spelled with two S's. And that was a characteristic of the Zodiac Killer. Right. And so that the problem is that's kind of there are Zodiac Killer references in the letter. There's a reference to a Dirty Harry movie in the letter. That is the plot of that movie is basically Clint Eastwood hunting there whatever the hollywood version of yeah
1: like if you talk to a stray dog i'll kill you i think was the yeah. line
0: and he does bring up some things i'd never heard in the john benet ramsey case like the secret santa visit where she apparently told a friend of hers that she was going to get a second secret visit from santa claus after christmas mm-hmm. and the kid's mom was like no santa's coming tonight and john benet was like no but this is a secret Like I'm getting a secret visit from Santa Claus. And if someone if someone in the family didn't kill her, then an intruder killed her. But there was no forced entry. So that that's kind of his theory is that Ed Edwards inserted himself into the Ramsey's life because I also didn't know their home was open for tours to the
1: public for Christmas. Yeah.
0: And his theory, I think, is that Ed Edwards befriended John Benet Ramsey at some point and was like, hey, I'm going to come visit you myself on some secret shit right after Christmas and used his flashlight signals that he used at the prison with his old wife.
1: But if she let him into the front door, I mean, I would just think as a parent, you've got that supersonic hearing where it's like, why is my six year old daughter opening a door? At midnight. Yeah,
0: that's kind of what I thought, too. And how would...
1: Because I was like, even if she left a a window unlocked, like, you know, where she was found in the basement, I believe they think the intruder went up and through there. But if he was stocky, how could he get through there? And
0: at this point, he physically couldn't have done that. Right. And that's a thing that comes up. And they do actually do a good job of proving how this guy's mind works in this episode. Because when they bring up, well, he was so old, he wouldn't have been able to pull off this killing at the time. John Cameron is like, well, he killed his foster son the same year. And on the one hand, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Because he did kill a very able-bodied dude who was, uh, had gone to the military and was about to get shipped off to Korea. But that story, I think they end up debunking the John Benet Ramsey thing. Because remember, there's that scene at the end and one of the kids is like, some of the other kids that you haven't interviewed actually have proof that he was home during that Christmas.
1: Well, they had mentioned, too, that there was like a strange 911 call, I believe, during one of these tours yeah. from the Ramsey house, and they think that that was Ed Edwards. John Cameron thinks that it was Ed Edwards trying to check the police department's response time. Again, who knows that that is that weird. could have
0: th- easily been kids, too.
1: I think the Zodiac, that cross with a circle was on the ransom note too no
0: it said sbtc and Uh, john cameron took that to mean signed by the cross john which i mean the talking about john benet ramsey would be a whole other episode i still think her brother killed her
1: uh i think that's the popular opinion now. yeah but um her brother's the owl yeah if you know what i mean (laughs) her
0: brother the owl killed her he was wearing an owl costume
1: now, I'm saying it also got overlooked for so long. I think people are like, how could an 11-year-old do this? Much like the owl theory. That's right. what I'm saying. It's similar as that they were there all along. People debunked it at first. But actually, I think that probably makes the most sense. Yeah.
0: But they do bring up the... When people make that objection, he would have been too old to carry out the John Benet Ramsey killings. He brings up... Well, he killed his foster son the same year that this happened. And that... <laughs> story to me kind of proves what how this guy's mind worked but it also makes me feel like he definitely didn't do the john Bonet thing because he was already planning this other murder which it was the kid's name is danny boy edwards (coughs) correct and i don't remember what his name was before but ed edwards tried to adopt this kid who was his foster kid and the court was like no but we will let you change his last name to your last name
1: and really quickly right before do you remember when john cameron goes i want to i want to flash a flashlight into his window and wayne (laughs) right was like uh i don't see the point in that i'm gonna stay in the car it's almost like john cameron because it was like somebody's gonna come out and yell at him like this guy can't not get yelled at every five (laughs) minutes Like, it's almost like he's a glutton for punishment. It's like he's Charlie Brown.
0: And he seemed, he made it seem so much more suspicious when the woman, when the woman was like, can I help you? And he goes, no, just looking. (laughs) Just (laughs)
1: looking (laughs) around. That's not a good answer. Flashlight into your (laughs) upstairs windows. But yeah,
0: they do close this episode out talking about Danny boy Edwards. And it's a really interesting insight into how Ed Edwards worked because He admits in, this is one of the killings he actually admits to. And there's this fascinating interview where he's like, you know, I was kind of trying to come up with ways to make money and I knew it would like take a year or so, but I figured I could, you know, get this kid to take my last name and this is what he did. He got the kid to take his last name, got him to enroll in the military Mm -hmm. or enlist in the military And then he knew the kid wasn't going to want to be in the military. And at one point, they're going to ship the kid off to Korea. And he's like, well, why don't you just go AWOL and I'll help you get away and make a new life and everything will be fine. And he convinces the kid that as part of this plot to get him free from the military, he one has to cut his arm with a coin jar that's at Ed Edwards house. And get some of his blood on it. So there's DNA tying him to the house. And then has him call and make confessions to this burglary. And he records the call. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to make it seem like, you know, you just went on the run. And he's like, meet me in the woods. And I'll drive you away to safety. And when the kid finally meets him in the woods, shoots him in the head twice with a sawed off shotgun. I
1: think after the first one, they said that. And this was sad. He Ed Edwards admittedly says, I actually felt kind of bad about that one, which is the closest thing we've ever seen. Yeah.
0: He said it was the only time he'd ever been startled. Somewhat remorse. Yeah. Yeah. Because he
1: said Danny Boy turned around and stared at him with a, like, I can't believe you just did this to me. Yeah. Because you know what's going to happen and then you know who's doing it to you. Yeah.
0: And he explains it in this interview. He's like, you know, I knew it was a way I could make money. It would take about a year or so. So I just started planning Mm -hmm. it then and
1: grooming him Yeah, this
0: is when i carried it out and he goes and i made like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it seems like that's kind of been this guy's mo throughout life there's another famous murder that'll come up in the second episode that is still unsolved where it was a whole family and it sounds like he not only did he probably do that but kind of the same thing where it was just sort of a money scheme and he killed him over it yeah yeah, one of the saddest things about Danny Boy is he's his tombstone has Edwards' last name on it still. Because by the time he was buried, they didn't know... Like, Ed Edwards actually collected that insurance money and presumably got to spend... And he
1: was... They had asked him to spend $250 on a headstone, and he wouldn't. Like, he got mad at he's, the cop who asked him. At
0: first, he said he would, mm-hmm. and then when he found out the cop suspected him in the crime... He said, "Well, I'm not going to give you money for anything."
1: Fucking. That's a dick move.
0: That is a dick move. Out of all
1: the dick moves Ed Edwards has done, that's super dick. He
0: he was a he was a big dick. Super. S- super duper dick. Yep. And so in the next episode we'll get into Jimmy Hoffa, which is interesting, Teresa Hallbach, which is quite the stretch, and and more. And more. But for now, that's uh, we're over an hour, damn. It uh,
1: just flies by when you're chatting about murder. Yeah,
0: when you're having fun talking about brutal
1: murders that a dude got away with. Uh, What do we have to plug? I love my notes on here. If you could look at my notes, I have butterfly cleanse, goat yoga, Kate Spade plates. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a bunch of bullshit. But I can't find our sponsor, so hold tight.
0: <laughs> we'll figure it out.
1: Okay, but that's all I had to plug. Oh, okay. I'm that's done. Fine. You? What do you have to plug?
0: Um... Patreon.com slash Unpops. Sh- send us some, some money so we can...
1: Also, if you have a chance, a five-star review would be nice.
0: Very nice. Ratings, reviews yeah. are good on iTunes.
1: Subscriptions. I was going to say, a rating, but then also like a nice comment.
0: Yeah, a good comment, good review, and things like that. And if you have
1: nothing nice to say, I assume you wouldn't still be listening, so go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself.
0: Also, we're going to be doing a live episode of Pretty Scary in August with... Caitlin cut.
1: She better talk. She better talk. Or I will also not talk. And it will be a very. I won't
0: talk either. And it will be a waste be, of
1: your money to come out and see us.
0: It's a free show.
1: Unless you want to stare. Oh.
0: Well, I mean, you'll have. <laughs> there'll be gas money and we expect you to buy drinks. There's not like a drink minimum, but it would be nice if you. you know, it, whatever. Come out to the live we'll party. Yeah. We do a live podcast uh, last Saturday of every month at the Hollywood Hotel. And then we'll
1: end it as we always do. And we'll till chat.
0: Yeah, we're going to murder Chet at one of them. Yep. Maybe that one. We'll see.
1: Yeah, you'll have to come out and see.
0: All right. Let's get out of here. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.